It's February 7th, 1959, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. The US was caught off guard back in 1957 when the Soviet Union launched Sputnik, the world's first artificial satellite, which many Americans really viewed as being as unexpected and challenging as Japan's attack on Pearl Harbor. And so in response, President Eisenhower created an agency called ARPA, which was founded on this day in 1958 with a simple mission to prevent technological surprise. Yeah, so this is the Advanced Research Projects Agency, ARPA. It's now called DARPA. It's the Defence Advanced Research Projects Agency. And you might be picturing sinister scientists and secret labs, but it's actually quite an unusual agency in that its job is basically to find and fund existing projects at other institutions and they're Mm. basically project managers so it'll actually be a university or a business that's carrying out the research and development and they observe the project and ultimately decide whether to carry on funding it whether there's going to be an interesting defense application the word defense is quite misleading in this sense isn't it i mean it's defending the nation by creating things that actively kill your opponents and the, the grim reality of most of the developments that they've come up with are things that kill people. But also they've had this remarkable litany of projects that have had very civilian purposes. So, for example, after they'd moved away from space aeronautics and ballistics in the very early days, they began work on projects that ultimately led to the internet, the very thing that we are all communicating via now. Yeah, it is quite a big <laughs> one, that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, a bit less sexily, the computer mouse was also created by Dr. Douglas Engelbart with funding from ARPA as it was at the time. Why do we not have tributes to Engelbart? <laughs> I know, there should be. We just need like a big concrete mouse somewhere, you know, <laughs> like a big concrete mouse statue. Although the patent expired, the problem was he was too ahead of his time because nobody had a computer to use one with in the 60s. Um, so by the time they came into widespread use in the 1980s, the patent had expired. So he never made the money that he was probably entitled to. He also came up with the graphical user interface, which is the way that we interact with computers now with this sort of metaphorical desktop. Of course, his version was much more rudimentary than what we know. And that was at DARPA as well, was it? Yep. Wow, because they also did GPS, didn't they? They had a constellation of five DARPA satellites called Transit, operational in 1960 for the US Navy to give them location fixes. So that's why they created it. But now that is the technology whereby I, as a dyspraxic, managed to get from this studio to my house, which is five minutes down the road. Still, I mean, yeah, still I mean, need GPS to get you there. Yeah. Just all the roundabouts look the same, Arian, in suburbia. Probably slightly less useful to you in suburbia, Ollie. But DARPA famously oversaw the development of stealth planes originating mm. in the late 70s, which is a pretty stunning advance in aerial combat. Killing people, like I said. Well, stopping people from killing you, you could say, so that you can continue on in your mission to kill other people. Uh, But yeah, wiping planes off the radar, something that seemed like at one point must have seemed like a sci-fi dream, actually became a reality. And we still don't know the exact compounds that are used to pull this off. I mean, obviously, they don't want everyone doing it. But yeah, that was all developed under DARPA as well. The agency was headed up by a chap called Werner von Braun. Uh, or to give him his full name, Werner Magnus Maximilian Freiherr von Braun. Um, I'm getting a vibe that maybe he arrived in the US sometime after 1945, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, they had this operation, which I'd never heard of before, called Operation Paperclip. 
where mm. which I assume was named as boringly as possible so as not to draw attention because <laughs> it must have been pretty contentious <laughs> where 1600 German scientists engineers and technicians went to assist the US military which makes sense in a way because after the war obviously the Nazis had some pretty impressive military equipment if the Americans didn't snap them up then the Soviets would and in fact the Soviets relocated more than 2000 German specialists in their own equivalent operation also Aviakim so the Americans were just taking the best scientists from Germany and incorporating them into their own program secretly but he wasn't just German he was like a proper fully-fledged Nazi so he was the leading figure in the development of rocket technology helping to design the V2 and it wasn't just a case of like oh well he was one of the great sort of rocket minds of his generation so of course you know, he'd end up being coerced into the war effort for the Nazis. No, he was also a member of the SS. <laughs> a detail which was classified information, by the way, for some years in the United States. Well, the satirist Tom Lehrer does this whole bit about Werner von Braun and he, how he has it is, once the rockets go up, who cares where they come down? That's not my department, said Werner von Braun. <laughs> yeah, he would go on to say that you know he was coerced, he didn't have any choice but to join the Nazi party and it didn't involve any political activity. But you do have a choice to join the SS. Yeah, I'm like, you've done more damage by working on the Nazi rocket program than a committed Nazi who didn't really do anything would have done. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you can't get out of it by saying, well, by heart wasn't really in it (laughs) he made a film with disney about the space race because it was his technology that partly uh, powered the apollo mission and he was kind of like the all-american face of the space mission this guy whose designs had killed thousands of people in london for example where they were dropping bombs during the blitz or 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 contributed to the concentration camp prisoners who were assembling the weapons having incredibly miserable lives um, and he was somehow not only just forgiven, but it was like completely glossed over that that was his background. I find it absolutely astonishing now. And he was pals with Disney. <laughs> what are you <laughs> suggesting? <laughs> the other thing with DARPA, and I feel like we've highlighted a lot of their glowing achievements. It's only fair to say that part of the mission to be advanced even ahead of the cutting edge and also the fact that DARPA has what's called a freedom to fail culture you know where you are encouraged to pursue ideas that might on the surface seem a bit crazy to see if anything good comes from them you're encouraged to pursue ideas but we will withdraw 10 million dollars of funding if they don't work <laughs> yeah well I think that I think that contributes to a lot of it because all because the agency isn't directly doing the work they know they're not going to end up being the subject of as many hit pieces that you know you get in the media like wacky boffins are studying whether the dogs can play chess that kind of thing when it's one step removed you know they can afford to be a little bit more experimental and this has resulted in a fair share of missteps by far the best one is during the vietnam war an idea was mooted to create a mechanical elephant that could storm through the dense jungle where u.s troops were fighting apparently as soon as laughing why is that any more far-fetched ridiculous than a satellite that can tell my phone where i am apparently the then director of darpa shut the plan down as soon as he heard that it was even being considered he was like no way and then he took steps to cover up the fact that it had ever been discussed i think we all know really don't we that in the future weaponry is going to look like that it's going to be robotic in some way even if it's just a computer virus 
Yeah, one of their more recent publicised failures was Project Eater, which was about developing surveillance robots who could feed and sustain themselves on plant matter. So the idea being you'd stick them up in a jungle or a forest or whatever where you wanted to spy on people and it would be able to, it wouldn't need a battery or anything like that. It would be powered by grass or leaves or whatever. Anyway, it was shelved in 2015 because there were a lot of concerns about what a self-sustaining robot could be capable of and it led to a absolutely fantastic press release from harry scholl who is the ceo of the company that was developing it cyclone power technologies and he said we completely understand the public's concern about futuristic robots feeding on the human population (laughs) he added but that is not our mission which only makes me feel like it it's definitely their mission (laughs) there's a lot of conspiracies that swirl around what darpa is up to and one of them or many of them in fact are centered on this long-term experiment that was abandoned in 2014 called harp which was short for high frequency active auroral research program and it was there to, well, if you believe what uh, the what DARPA says, it was there to study the ionosphere. But if you believe what the conspiracy theorists believe, uh, it was there to uh, do all sorts of things, including control the weather. It's been held responsible for climate change, loads of different natural disasters, including in 2010, the then Venezuelan leader Hugo Chavez claimed that HARP or a program like it triggered the Haiti earthquake. And presumably they're working on a counter to... Havana syndrome now, aren't they? Right. This suspicion that the Russians are targeting microwaves at people's brains who work in US embassies and people can't tell whether it's psychological or it's actual. They were looking at that as far back as the 1950s. Right. Another of their less noteworthy projects included investing millions, this was again in the wacky 70s, by far the wackiest decade in DARPA's history, it seems to me. Uh, They invested millions in telepathic research to explore the possibility of remote espionage, basically Mm. getting people like Yuri Geller to spy on people far away somehow. Uh, They eventually concluded, as you may be surprised to hear, that that was not possible. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that just shows the incredible influence that Yuri Geller had in the 70s, doesn't it? We have to talk about that in another episode. But he's basically a TV personality that got this enormous government agency to research into psychic power because of his BS. And the limits of bending spoons in your rival's nations. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow. Meant to be uh, a comedy. They would really release any old <laughs> in the 60s. Oh, man. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 